Metamorphosis, defined as a change of form or nature into a completely new one, either by natural or supernatural means. It's also a huge component of upcoming tabletop role-playing game to change. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I speak with Duck and Ewan about their upcoming tabletop role-playing game to change. In this game, you are constantly shifting and evolving as you play using the powers of the future deck. We'll be talking about creating a system with tarot, writing, and new crowdfunding options. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am incredibly excited to be joined by two incredible creators making a really interesting game that I only recently discovered, but I am very pumped to learn more about. Duck, Ewan, thank you so much for joining me this week. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, it's nice to be here. So the game we're actually going to be discussing this week is called To Change, and that is really the core of this project. But before we really dig deep into that and see what's underneath, can you both tell the audience a little bit about yourselves? Sure thing. I'm Ulysses Duckler. I also go by Duck, he, him pronouns. I have done some TTRPG, TTRPG developing before. I made Cutecorium, which funded on Kickstarter. That did pretty well. I got to print that and see it in people's hands, see it in bookstores. That was very fun. I had a great time making that. And so I wanted to do another, another project, um, this time bringing in more writers and uh, working with most of the same artists and uh, mm-hmm. just exploring different spaces, different mechanics. That's my whole deal. <laughs> um, my name is Yuan, she, her. Um, I am pretty new to the TTRPG scene, I guess. Um, I am more, really, for the most part, more of a traditional writer. I um, recently finished my first book. It's an online web novel called I'm Not an Evil Sorceress, and I'm currently working on a spinoff. Um, Duck and I kind of met through that project, and we thought to thinking it would be fun to do a collaboration. So here we are. It's been a blast so far. I'm a big fan <laughs> of I'm Not an Evil Sorceress. And the spinoff, which is I Want to Be Evil Sorceress. I feel like I've actually heard those names before. I'm not. Wow. Like, I'm not even. Wow, like, you're getting I feel out there. Like I've seen them. Yeah. Wow, I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> but you and I have a quick question for you because, like, traditional author to TTRPG author, what what kind of drew you in other than Duck, or was it was it Duck? <laughs> that was that was part of it, but it's also that I've always, um, you know, I've always thought that TTRPG sounded like a load of fun, but um, until um, recently, I haven't been a particularly social person and didn't really have a group to do them with. Mm-hmm. Whereas, um, you know, uh, now that I know Doc, I have uh, access to plenty of people who are interested in uh rpging and uh i can whenever i want and it's a lot of fun and duck is a good gm so <laughs> glad to have you aboard then <laughs> all right so let's let's start digging into the the nitty-gritty then 
what is to change so to change is a very rules light and setting agnostic system that is mainly used for telling stories that focus on transformation and this can involve mm -hmm. transformation in the mental space and the physical space usually both to change also uses tarot cards for its action resolution mechanics so when you need to do something that has success or failure to it you'll draw cards from a deck and then choose one of the cards and that will give you uh one of the results that's the very basic uh basic concept of it and it's that metamorphosis that's really the the emphasis in this game isn't it yeah so, so your your characters have a little change cross as we call it for their character sheets a character sheet's really small it fits on the size of a tarot card and the change oh. cross details little points um each point is like part of their stats and attributes these can be damaged you know in a normal tgrpg game if you like take harm that means you draw less cards in that attribute but they can also be changed which means there's usually some sort of associated transformation occurring with it the transformation might just be in the narrative of like um something happening to your character it can also be that and include aspects that will affect the gameplay so maybe the more you change in a mental aspect the weaker you become in a physical aspect some sort of give and take like that a lot of our mechanics and to change focus on sort of give and take things okay i i kind of get that for both of you because i have how to explain it a sick fascination with tarot cards for listeners out there who don't know the term tarot it's the fortune telling cards 22 major arcana which tend to be represented by different titles like fool mm -hmm. or strength and they represent different aspects and those aspects obviously play a very key role into what they represent in the character sheet yes so you also create your character by simply drawing cards and then ascribing that to the character's personality so a character will have a face card a rising card and a falling card the face card sort of gives the core of their personality and gives them a like a special power they have in the system and then the rising and falling cards give like positive and negative aspects to their personality okay it hasn't always been random that is one approach sometimes uh we can you know pick cards as we like but you know random works well too it depends on the kind of approach you want to do go on sorry what were you saying i just wanted to say we made it so that it's really easy to pick up if you want to do random and be like I'll make a character on the spot. I just have to draw three cards. Bam, there we go. But yeah, it's also it also is a fun thing when you can think of like fictional characters even and then ascribe like, oh, they're kind of, they fit with these cards. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Um, I had a ton of fun with uh, trying to figure out what uh, cards applied to some of my OCs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a really fun process we want to get people to engage into. So... There's obviously the tarot deck is such an interesting piece to me, mainly because traditionally the cards have pretty standard associated meanings. And in this game, the deck is called the future deck. What exactly is the future deck? How does it work then in play? 
So I know a lot of tarot games usually have some uh, aspect of prediction or interpretation. With mm -hmm. this, we wanted to have it be very ascribed functions so that you don't need to have any skill in interpreting tarot cards to be able to play. You can know nothing about tarot and get right into this. That will not be a problem for you at all because each of the cards has a certain thing that they do and it does that thing. And that's pretty simple. But some of the cards will have more complex things but there's still uh, aspects that are, you know, simple enough for you don't need any interpretation. They're just interesting functions of functions of the mechanics. So when you have to take an action that has either failure or success, you'll draw a certain number of cards from the future deck, usually three, and then you get to pick one. And that card will either say you fail on this, you succeed on this, or something else happens, or you fail, but then this happens, or you succeed, but then this happens. So there can be variations there. And additionally, your face cards and your rising cards and falling cards will uh, sort of edit how that uh, resolution can, can play out. And then once you're done with that card, you discard it. So the deck gets smaller. It's a deck of just 22 okay. cards. Yeah. So there's only one card, Temperance, which will refill the entire deck. So when you keep discarding cards, the deck gets smaller and smaller and smaller and the same cards will start showing up again and again. And this plays in one of the central mechanics, which is death is a card that you can't escape. It can't be used like the other cards. It only shows up in your hand. And whenever it shows up, you're either gonna take a change or things are gonna get worse in the story. Mm. So the smaller the deck goes, the more death will appear, the more changes occur, and um, sort of leads to these naturally dramatic peaks that I really like. This was uh, very inspired by Grin from Arcana Games, if you've ever played yeah. that. It's a very simple card-based game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I prefer that to Dread, but I really like it for horror games because it leads to those natural um, climaxes in, in the middle of the story as yeah. the deck gets smaller and smaller and tensions get higher. Mm -hmm. I love that too because one of the biggest fears, and you see it play as like a a kind of ridiculous trope in cinema around tarot is the death card because the emphasis is either like it's like an end or a new beginning. So having that be such a critically important card is really interesting to me. Absolutely. I didn't want to have the interpretation of it like being a negative card. I think that's um, not not particularly true, but it does definitely represents change. So it's probably the most important card and into change even though it's a card you can't really use mm -hmm. the other way that changes will accrue is that um drawing from the future deck your chances of success is a little bit less than just like rolling a 2d6 yeah. so to compensate you can always succeed on any draw as long as you just succumb to your changes so in exchange for succeeding you take a change in the attribute you were testing on okay so I think something that's really interesting about rules like games is that a lot of times they're really good at being setting agnostic. Maybe you and you could tell us a little bit about if there's any, is there a base setting for to change or is it purely setting agnostic? Not really. It is, it is very much setting agnostic. I mean, the core theme is transformation or metamorphosis. And that is something that really, um, permeates human culture and shows up in all kinds of media and all kinds of genres. 
So, you can tell pretty much any kind of story you want here. Mm-hmm. I mean, already we've got, um, we've got space opera, we've got, uh, high fantasy, we've got, um, urban fantasy, we've got, uh, I'm doing I'm doing a back to back writing scenarios. One of them is like college uh, comedy humor, okay, and then another one is like mythology uh, deep horror. Oh, so it can really work for a variety of settings as long as you know that gradual transformation is the core aspect. Yeah, I've got I've got gothic horror. I've got um, I've got you know sort of. Uh, the space opera I mentioned is sort of mystery. I want to do some stuff with pulp. We need to have you do a really goofy one. <laughs> yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I know you're up for it. <laughs> so you two have then really leaned into the fact that this game can be manipulated for the use of any genre, any setting then. Yes, and we also want to include a lot of those one-shots that come with the book. So when you're getting the system, you're also getting like at least eight easy to pick up and play stories that you can explain in just a few minutes and then get people playing with them. As well as a lot of rules for you to be able to make your own too. That's super cool. And if it's successful, I really hope to do like more expansions in the future, but you know, we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, transformation is also pretty big in the kink space. So we do have some people who are very interested in doing like erotic fiction supplements for the game. Those would be digitally only, but that'd be pretty fun. And hey, I might huh. even want to contribute some of those to the, some of those too. That is not something I actually knew about. Okay, cool. <laughs> Metamorphosis and transformation is like we've said a couple times now, the largest theme in to change. Obviously this is done physically through the cards and changing what your character looks like or how they feel, how they think. But why why was this such a core theme? What drew you to making this the central theme of the game? The change is a central theme in Ewan's novel, and it had been something I was writing about a lot too at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that sort of was in my mind um, when we were bonding over uh, her wonderful writing. And I was also thinking about I really wanted to do some sort of game that uses tarot and the mechanics. Yeah. And as I was learning more about it, I learned how much uh, that change in personality and growth was important to tarot. Um, So that really meshed together. I'm like, oh, let's do a transformation theme game. Because, you know, I really thought about it hard and I couldn't think of a lot of games that really capture some of the stories I wanted to tell in TTRPGs that I could tell in fiction. So, like, I couldn't find a system for if I wanted to slowly turn into a werewolf, and how would that work? Huh. Usually that's just, like, a footnote in a D&D yeah. book, but here it's the entire thing. It's the whole whole focus. Yeah, this is, um, I would say that, in general, it's a theme um, that I've always found really interesting to explore in fiction and, um, you know... It's always interesting when I come across it, and yes, it was, um, it, it, it is something that comes up in my writing, 
you know, it, it's very, it's very, uh, dyna- dynamic. There's lots of things you can do with it. Like, mm-hmm. obviously it works great for body horror or anything like that. But, you know, it's also, it can also be more of an empowering thing. I particularly yeah. like to explore it in the context of trans themes. That's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And I I agree with you both that there's not a whole lot of games out there that maybe they touch on themes that are similar, but they don't commit to it the same way that To Change does. And I I think that this game really betters for it. It feels like there's a lot of life to give in this game, and there is a lot of stories that To Change can tell that other games that I know of don't have the same ability to. That's our hope. (laughs) That's the idea. So you had mentioned that there are different physical and mental stats for this game. How do challenges and courses of action work in to change? Because I know that you mentioned that there is the the future deck and there are stats, but I I'm not totally sure how they they run. Sure, I can get into that. So there's mental as mental attributes and physical as, uh, attributes. So there's also uh, aptitude and fortitude. So there will be physical fortitude, physical aptitude, mental aptitude, mental fortitude. The okay. aptitudes are more outward expressions. So those are more things that players would say actively, like, I want to do this. And the GM says, okay, draw for it. Then there's fortitude, which are more reactive uh, tests. So then the GM says, this is happening to you. Draw against it. You know, be in opposition to it. And each of those, uh, when they take damage, you know, you become weaker physically or you become, you know, more confused mentally. Uh, But also they affect the changes. So certain branches of the cross and the character sheet, um, like physical aptitude is changes to the outside, to your external body, like how you look to people, which is, you know, one of the most impactful things when people think about a transformation is how is this physically making me appear? Uh-huh. Uh, and then physical fortitude would be like internal physical changes, which is something people don't often think about. You know, like if you're changing into a massive furry werewolf, how's that affecting your metabolism? You know, how's that affecting like, oh, you're, you're salivating more or changing your stance, you know, um, changing how you uh, have to eat or... Uh, your diet, you know, things like that. They can be yeah. small, but they can play a, a big in, impact on the character. And in, in certain stories, they are often even bigger than, like, what the physical change is. Mental changes can be both your your senses, how you perceive the world, and how you mm-hmm. perceive your internal thoughts as well. So it's it's not just, like, your physical body, it's also your headspace and how things are going for you. Absolutely. And certain games will have different focuses on certain attributes. Mm-hmm. Like I know when we've been writing scenarios, usually one attribute, which is like the most important one, sometimes changes happen easier in that or players are more encouraged to draw on that attribute. You know, if there's going to be a lot of 
a lot of thinking in this one, a lot of like problem solving, it'll probably lend itself more to having more mental changes occurring. If this is going to be more of an action oriented game, it'll probably lend itself more to having physical changes occurring. And those reinforce oh. themselves because, you know, if there's more physicality happening to your character, then you want to explore that even further, vice versa with mental aspects too. Yeah, I remember in my first playtest of this I did, um, I really went out of my way to avoid the uh, mental changes, and I think that heavily influenced the uh, way the course of the game went. Could have been a lot different. So, you just mentioned playtests, and one of my favorite things to talk about is playtesting. Where did this game start versus what it is now? <laughs> I think it's relatively stayed... Very similar in playtesting. Um, I mean, at least in the scenarios, the ones that we've playtested so far have mostly been ones we want to keep building up and making better because uh -huh. they've been pretty well received. As as far as comments go, a lot of what's grown is the character creation aspect. That started out as something like very flimsy, and now it's much stronger based on the responses we've gotten from playtesting. And is that the freedom to choose thing, or how does character creation work? We briefly touched on it, but if you both can tell me a little bit about character creation, I'd be, I'd be pumped about that. Do you want to talk about that, Ewan? Sure. It's really very straightforward. You either randomly or deliberately um, choose three cards. One is your face card, which represents sort of who the character is as a person. And um, when you get your face card, when you draw it, you... Um, um, it usually has a special effect. Uh, it's usually an automatic success, I believe. Um, and Some can do other things, too. Yes. Um, in fact, uh, death is a particularly interesting face card. Um, oh. um, the... You also have a rising and a falling card. Um, I actually had a thought about how we could uh, tweak that earlier. I wish I could remember what it was now. <laughs> um, but um, the rising card currently, uh, it, it represents your character's strengths. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, as, for, as far as gameplay currently, it... Um, it Gives you a bonus, lets you draw an extra card. Um, next draw, you get it. Oh yeah, I, I remember the thought. I was wondering if, well, I'll get to that in a moment. Um, but the falling card is the opposite. It, uh, represents, you know, your character's weaknesses and, uh, you know, where they could go wrong. And when you draw it, you get a uh, penalty of, you know, one fewer card wrong next time. Yeah. What I was thinking, actually, was last time we did a playtest, we had um, noted that we weren't sure how strong that was working as it was. I was wondering if we could alter it to make it like death, so rather than when you use it, it's just the fact that it comes up has that penalty or bonus effect. I've been kind of thinking about that too, because then it makes it, uh, it makes it happen more often, and you can do it right then. Yeah, easier to keep track of. Yeah. I also often like to, um, you know, I also often like to add a little bit of extra stuff about my character. Like I personally, I like to make a 
list of likes and dislikes, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that's just completely personal, uh, personal preference, and it's not, uh, yeah, it's a necessarily backstory. part of the game. Okay. It's like a pretty straightforward process that you can get really in depth with then. Yeah. I always love a good character creator, even if it's simple. Hey, I just realized that we've been talking about tarot cards all this time without mentioning that y'all got like custom art for these tarot cards and they look great, by the way. Mal is a killer. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how you approached this artist and got these tarot cards made up? Because they feel... I don't know how to explain it. There, there's something about the cards that I have like a, a real cool draw to. Nice. That's our hope. Um, so I worked with Mel on the cards. Uh, and I worked with Mel on Cuticorium. Uh, Mel was like the lead artist there and is now okay. also the lead artist on this. Um, all I can say is that we really just share the same brain worms. And <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> we, we look at the same reference sheet and we're like, oh, yeah, make it gayer. Like, I need, I need, I need three times as many trans flags on this card now. And I was like, say no more. I got you. Yeah. I saw the devil card and I was like, somebody is really into this card. That one had to have a little bit more of the fire effect to sort of lightly censor parts of it. But that was a really fun card to do with Mel. Yeah. Mel had a lot, had a lot of fun doing that one. I'm going to be honest, my personal favorite, maybe a little bit boring compared to the other cards, but I love the world. Even just as like a tarot card, I love the way that card is captured. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece, just like as an art piece, but in context with the game, what it does, I think it's stunning. Yeah, the world's a, a really fun and pretty one. It also seems to be everyone's mom's favorite. I know it's my mom's favorite. Yeah. Now, though it's, it's, Mel, it's Mel's mom's favorite. <laughs> show that one to your, your mom it's really pretty and yeah in in the game uh when you use the world you can have an option to take a break and you know go grab some food or grab some water and so i, I like having like an in-game sort of built-in break option is a nice thing especially one that players can choose to use that's so funny like it's it's great it is good to have breaks built into your game i mean hell if nintendo's doing it <laughs> Sometimes the joke don't land. <laughs> no, I got it. I was just sitting here remembering playthroughs of a link between worlds getting banged by oh my god to shut the game off. <laughs> You're like, I you, we both know I'm not turning this off, Irene. Just shut up and let me walk. <laughs> okay, let's step away from the actual game for a second and talk a little bit about funding for this you're going to be using a newer website called GameFound, and that's that's where you're choosing to crowdfund this what mm -hmm. is GameFound? so games found originally i believe they just did um game projects that were board games it was okay, based yes. off of a very success a very successful um board game company which then made their own crowdfunding website and other people have now done board games off there board games do usually do pretty well there uh, they only mm -hmm. very recently opened up the beta, so now that any project, any well, gaming related, can fund there, which will include uh, TGRPGs, and we're already seeing a lot of TGRPGs 
getting on there. I mean, even before beta, you had uh, Vast Grim funded on Games Found. Mm-hmm. Down We Go from Plus One EXP guys funded on Games Found. Those are both really awesome projects. Uh, you should definitely check out, um, even though they're fully funded now. <laughs> and so, and, and I actually, me talking with um, Tony from Plus One EXP was a big factor in pushing me to want to use Game Sound and hearing like people's positive experiences from using it and the uh, the features it had over Kickstarter. And then of course there's the uh, the thing with um, Kickstarter pivoting to blockchain technology, and this yeah. happened just one day before we were about to launch on Kickstarter. So we very quickly pivoted the project and uh, put it on pause for about a month and then uh, launched on GameSound. And it's been very nice talking with the GameSound people. I feel like I'm actually talking to a real person because I am. And instead of Kickstarter, I just get automated responses when I encounter problems there. Uh, mm-hmm. GameSound team has been much more responsive with, with communication. They've been a little bit slower, but um, with how they're Smaller doing... Team. Yeah, and also with how they're doing um, processing and uh, verification of people's projects, it really just means they have a lot of care and making sure that everyone, you know, is going to have a good shot. They want to make sure that if your project gets on there, it's going to have a shot. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, I'm quite happy with them so far. Yeah. You had mentioned, because one thing that I always want to advocate on Schedule for Launch is options that you have as a designer when going to fund your game you had mentioned that there's a lot of really cool things that GameFound does for the creator could you touch on some of those a little bit sure uh one of my favorite that is like right uh, in the front is that it can let you do little like um bonuses for sign for people who sign up early uh that's a really fun thing that kickstarter doesn't have um so like we put out uh if you signed up early and then back the game later, you can get a small little um, sort of uh, like essay pamphlet of um, the design process that me, uh, you and, and Mel went through in making all the tarot cards, which also includes Mel's initial sketches that oh, no one else is ever going to get to see. Uh, another thing that's really cool with GameSound is that the pre-launch page uh, is like a whole page. You can show people as much as you want with the pre-launch before you even go into launch, and you can show like a ca- you can show a countdown to launch instead of Kickstarter, where you know it's just like that little one banner and you get just a small sentence to say. You can make a you can have a better first impression before you even get out the gate. I like that a lot. Yeah. Anything from you, you and that you like about GameFound? Um, I mean, I like I say I'm pretty happy with them so far uh it seems like it's been great yeah i i was at one point um having some issues with my um you know bank getting a payment approved and i had the chance then to uh interact with you know the support team and they seem very capable and you know friendly I I think um I think that no incidentally that was a problem on my bank's hand. but yeah uh, I think um I think GameFound is working out very well I I um, I I think I'm glad that we are uh, working there it's you know also I mean it's great to get away from the whole um, 
mess with Kickstarter, but yeah. GameFound is a great alternative. It's definitely good to give people alternatives, and you know the the best way to start that is by supporting them in the now. So you know if if we don't consider alternatives and and gun for those, then we'll always be stuck with Kickstarter. So it's a lot of the impetus behind that. I know that was a lot of the impetus behind uh, the plus one EXP guys also putting projects on Game Sound is you know yeah. making alternatives easier to access for people. I think that's something that a lot of just casual people in the tabletop role-playing game space don't really know too much about. So for those of you who have somehow missed it, as Duck recently said there, the Kickstarter folks decided that their best course of action is to support blockchain. Why? Money, I guess. Money and monopoly. Uh... But the there's other spaces that are starting to prop up and we've seen a lot of support go to other areas as that's kind of walked away and GameFound is as of recording this very new and I was looking through it when this was brought up to me like what 40 minutes ago their site is red it's so good to navigate through I really like how it displays things yeah yeah everything's just like it's like, oh, here's this game. Boom. Big colors and banners and just like it looks great. It's really easy to get through and the tag system to... is also very yes. nice. Sorry. Um because on Kickstarter, you know, you're sort of searching by vibes, but game sound you can mm-hmm. actually search by like horror themes or tags and mm-hmm. you can search for games that have those tags. And you can directly search for TTRPGs too. Yeah. That's that's what I was excited about. Yeah, I've never, under, never, uh, you know, underestimate a good tag system. I mean, it, it can be really <laughs> helpful. Ah, <laughs> uh, d- uh, giving the DeviantArt the slight thump there with your elbow, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I know that you and his particular issue there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't even entirely understand what you're saying. I was kind of breaking up there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! I, I thought you were—I thought you were um, uh, kicking at DeviantArt with their tag system. Oh, uh, I was more kicking at literally everyone that is an archive of our own because their tag yeah. system is just like the standard. But <laughs> I can think of a great many websites that have issues there. That that's fair. That's fair. I think I think GameSound still has a ways to go too, um, especially with how they uh, how they sort of have the algorithm built in to show you products that you have already backed. Um, yeah. But that might just be a factor of like having less games on there in general. Mm-hmm. It's still really new. Like, yeah. There's not a whole lot of people using it yet, and until today, it was really the first I had heard of it. Which is a shame because there's so much cool stuff on it. Also, one thing I really like is that they are very dedicated to um, making sure your products uh, can be refunded and that you can always get your money back. Um, so there will not be any cases of uh, projects on GameSound that, you know, like meet funding and then run with it. Um, like it can ha- yeah. so often happen on oh Kickstarter. Uh, you can fully get refunded for any pledge you make even after the project funds, which is really nice for GameSound to do. 
Yeah, there is a project that I backed almost three years ago on Kickstarter. And I still haven't got my game yet. I'm still seeing development updates. It's, it still looks rad. I just want uh, my game. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking of Kickstarter turnaround, though, I was very um, happy with how quickly we were able to turn around uh, Cutacorium after it funded. I think uh, right. about five months we had the game book out and delivered to everyone, which was uh, pretty good for as far as like very small indie developers mm -hmm. go. And so I'm expecting yeah. hopefully the same with 2Change as well. As you mentioned earlier, when you were talking about settings and stuff, there's more that you want to do with both the change and ideally things down the line. What are some things that both of you want to work on later on in your careers? Maybe when you're taking a break from to change or to change like a footnote, what's the next thing for Ewan and Duck? Or Ewan hit it Ewan first. Space Duck. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, I'm going to keep cranking out my books. I've got so many planned in this series alone. Um, the, fire, you know, the fire I, is not big enough for all the irons Ewan has. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to do a lot more to, with to change. Like, I, I really hope this succeeds because I could see doing, like, I could do, see doing scenarios for it for years. But um, beyond that, I guess I haven't really thought about as far as, like, uh, TTRPG stuff. I definitely think it could be, uh, interesting to do other stuff, and I had ideas here and there. Um, but, you know, Is nothing. This hinting in a Tales of Alandor TTRPG setting? Uh, I mean, we did discuss, <laughs> we did discuss it at one point. I would fucking love that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're marked explicit. It's okay. You can swear as much okay. as you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Doc? What are your thoughts here? Uh, I definitely have some things mapped out. Um, uh, I know with Cutacorium, it lends itself more towards additional settings to expand upon. And with 2Change, it really lends itself to more stories to expand upon it. So I want to expand upon both those things. I want to write more settings for Cutacorium and more stories to for 2Change. Maybe put those as like bundles. I also do have projects for other sort of smaller game systems. I think this is the last big one I want to do for a while and sort of build these up, but I might do some, some smaller ones. Uh, me and Mel have worked before on like uh, smaller itch only publications that were just like in black and white, but still with very okay. nice illustrations. And yeah. so maybe do a few, a few of those. I, eventually I want to do some sort of medical focused TTRPGs since I'm a medical student. So I like oh. to integrate those things. That could be really fun actually. Yeah, so far the rough idea is like Goblin Doctor. Oh man, you should you should join the TTRPG Game Jam that we're running right now. <laughs> is that is that themed on that? Oh, it's Goblin themed. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I, I, the Goblin part isn't the major part. It's the more the medical no, part is the major part. <laughs> Goblins, I could take or leave them. They're they're fun though. Goblins are great. So something that. I like to ask every time a creator comes onto this show is about those people who are trying to write a game and they don't know where to start. So what advice could you give to either game designers or writers looking to make their own project, but they don't really have a beginning point. They're not sure where to start. Maybe they're inexperienced. What advice can you give those people? 
Yeah, I'd really say to start with, um, well, at least with myself, I like to find a story that can't be told through other games very well. And then I also find a mechanic that fits with it and then smash those things together. And then I have my idea. Okay. I, I mean, or, originality is, is hard to come across, but I think mm-hmm. finding a, a, you know, your niche makes you so much more impassioned about the, the game that you're going to build. It's good to be focused. Definitely. is my overall yeah. impression. Yeah. With a traditional writing, I've always been of the um, school of thought that the way to make the best stuff is to write what you want to read. And I imagine it's quite similar with uh, TTRPG and, you know, write what you, you know, make the game that you want to play. That seems like, to me, like it's good advice. I don't know. I'm not exactly experienced there, but... (laughs) I've certainly had fun with this one so far. That was definitely really good advice, for sure. No, that's I mean, super solid advice. I I want to playtest this one so much, and that's really because I we did write it so that it was something fun that we could we wanted to play. I'm glad. There's, I've talked to creators. I haven't had any creators on the show, but I've talked to creators who don't seem passionate to play their own game. And there's something about somebody designing a game as a product that always feels really disheartening to me. Even like the really incredible ones that I've seen. It's just knowing knowing that background story makes me want to play it less. I can I definitely feel that I would, I wouldn't want to have anything be like just a product that's totally the wrong space to be in. Though I do have games where it's more of an experience. I have <laughs> I have one in particular called uh it's just on itch. It's free. Uh, it, you have to pay $2 for the the um the swear word version. It's called Wizard Shits. <laughs> um ah. it's a two-player asymmetrical game where you one person plays as a wizard, one person plays as a sentient toilet. Uh, the mechanics are got the mechanics are god awful. It uses coin uses coin flips. Um, I in my playtesting, I was like, this game sucks so bad. Like neither of us are having fun. This is agonizing to play. We have to we're flipping like ten coins at a time, trying to figure out who got heads, who got tails. Like I'm gonna use my toilet powers to do this. It is terrible. Um, obviously you know it's free so. I can't. I can't say it's like uh, a winning product. You can't pay. You can't pay if you really want the uncensored version, though. If you really want to see that extra one swear word. Um, so that would be one game where I actually was like, "Yeah, this plays terribly. Publish it." <laughs> you can do each. Each developer can do one of those. You you get one. So that was mine. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> Usually, I talk about fantasy hard. Please don't play at it. this point. <laughs> Usually, I talk about fantasy heartbreaks at some time or another. If that's your fantasy heartbreak, duck, we're in for a fucking gorgeous time with the change. Can you explain fantasy heartbreak? It's that what, what fantasy that? game that you really want to make, and you know it's gonna be bad. <laughs> 
Um, that is not my fantasy art break, actually. Oh. Uh, well, it's it's complicated. My fantasy art break is um, okay. It's a game I want to make really bad, but it's a game I don't think will be bad. But it's a game I don't think anyone's gonna get. Oh, fantasy art break's a game that just is bad. That's okay, like the defining mind. feature of it. It's it's your then bad then yeah. Game. Wizard Chits is Wizard Chits. What's my fantasy art break? <laughs> and I already did it. You can only go up. <laughs> that I makes to compose me myself. <laughs> wonder about the possibility of making a so bad it's good game, but <laughs> probably shouldn't. <laughs> there's there's a lot of fun TTRPGs that are just meant to be experienced. I think you know there's yeah. there's a lot to be said with reading for enjoyment. Not everything has to necessarily be played. Though I hope that, you know, games where that's the case, you know, are open about that. Like, this is one that you're mm-hmm. you're going to want to read. This is you're one you're going to want to actually play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. We've been actually going for quite some time now. And we're coming close to the end here. But you and Duck, where can people find more about you and to change? So I'm on itch.io as US Duct Tape. Uh, that's where you can find all my other games. You can contact me there. You can also contact me at usducttape at gmail.com or on Twitter. My at is, I can't pronounce it, but, um, yeah, it's, it'll be in the description. <laughs> no one can. Sorry. <laughs> Give me a second. Let's see. I don't know what your, your handle yeah, is. Yeah, good luck. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Anyway, Ewan? <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at um, One Space Down, or I guess if you want the uh, more not-safe-for-work version, there's uh, at TF Taxonomist. Um, TF Taxonomist is also my username on uh, Archive of Our Own if you want to check out my works. Um... Yeah, and of course, two changes on game files. We also have a lot of live plays. Uh, I, I think at the point of recording this podcast, they should have already been published. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe even more in the interim. Uh, we have an uh, awesome live play that was done with the Roll West Taken. Um, one that was done with the Plus One EXP Twitch stream. Another one that was done with Darwin Demon's Eclipses Twitch stream. So okay. we should provide links to all those, and they were they were really fun. Sounds I'm saying bad. that in the past, but I'm, I'm using my future prediction abilities to realize that they are <laughs> going to be really fun. No, they're going to be great. I'm very excited to watch a couple of them when I can. As always, audience, all those links are going to be down in the description below. To Change is incredibly unique and interesting and I think is going to scratch an itch for a lot of people that they may not have realized that they needed scratched. This game's cool. That's what I'm getting at. Like, shitty metaphors aside, this game's fucking <laughs> rad. Duck, Ewan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast this week. It was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. thank you for having us. This is a fun one. <laughs> this is good. And audience, thank you for listening. Duck, Ewan, and to change, they're scheduled to launch really soon. Go support them. You have until May 22nd. Is that right? Mm-hmm. May 22nd to 
go fund this on GameFound. So go down, top link, click it, support them. You're going to have a great time. Until then, though, take care of yourselves. Have a great night. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Ewan and Duck for joining me on the show this week. I managed to catch a little bit of one of the actual play streams last night, and it was a really good time. This game is offering something really new and unique, and a little bit spicy if that's your thing. In other words, that's really good, and I'm excited to see where it goes. The game is currently funding on GameFound, and I do think that you should, at the very least, go check it out and get a feel for the website. But please, Beckett, these two have worked so incredibly hard. And thank you for listening, audience. We are back to hitting regularly scheduled episodes and continuing to grow in a nice way, which is really fun. I think we're doing pretty good. I noticed a shift in where people are listening to the podcast. So if you'd all do me a huge favor and let me know somewhere on the internet where you're listening, that way I can kind of promote, manage, I don't know, get a feel for where you're going and try and help make that a better listening experience i want to try and provide the best experience i can here on the podcast and hey if you like the show why not help promote it by leaving a review on spotify or apple podcast they make a huge difference when it comes to finding people so please do that if you're able to next week i am very excited to be bringing on a game with a bit of history so get excited to explore battle lords of the 23rd century